Hi everyone, my name is Sofia Huerta and I play professional soccer for the OL Reign and you are listening to Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello there everybody and welcome back to episode 137 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I am your host as always, Charles Hammaker, today um, by myself, uh, according to something time crunch as well, so we're going to get through it. Um, but firstly, I do want to take the time to... Um, pay tribute to a Seattle sports media type icon, a Titan in the industry. I would be doing a disservice to the show itself um, and all the sports that we cover. If I did not mention John Clayton, Uh, John Clayton recently passed uh, over the past week at the age of 67, I believe it was. Um, I'll double check that while I continue, but uh, John Clayton was always a guy that was a constant in Seattle sports media, you know, uh, with the, yeah, 67, um, was, had a huge football brain um, and just always seemed really compassionate to anybody that was getting into the business that was, you know, joining KJR, which I have my own opinions about KJR, but, um, you know, uh, joining KJR or, you know, new in the press box, anybody that was just around him, he was going to seemingly uh, lend a hand in whatever way that he could. Um, so, I just want to take the time to to tribute him, a great man in the industry, a a, um, a great husband, and seems like a great friend as well. So um, thoughts are always with uh, John Clayton and his family and his friends, um, and rest in peace to John Clayton. So with that being said, uh, fittingly, we will hop over to our Seattle Seahawks here who continue for agency of sorts on the 16th of the month as we head into team notes. Uh, it was reported that both Russell Wilson and the Seahawks deny responsibility for the trade itself. Uh, Wilson claiming that this was a mutual decision while the Seahawks brass effectively saying that it was all Russell's idea in their statements. Russell claimed the decision was mutual uh, and the Seattle front office clearly obviously thinks that his idea, it was his idea. Uh, I know that Russell said that we, he would tell his side of the story uh, when he writes a book someday. He said that in the Denver press conference, when he was introduced um personally i don't really care whose fault it was it definitely makes sense if it was russell's but i wouldn't entirely be surprised if seattle um had thought about it previously but at the end of the day he's gone we here in seattle are now in the point of the off season where uh like some other uh, franchises that have been looking we are looking for a franchise quarterback and we are trying to figure that out so you know for the time being, it doesn't really matter to me uh, anymore about Russell Wilson. We went over that the last few weeks, and um, that story is now old. You know, um, We have to worry about dealing with a Drew Locke or any of these other potential quarterback situations. So at the end of the day, I'm not too, uh, not too worried about it. So uh, also on the 16th, there's a lot of, there was a lot going on, on the 16th. Uh, Pete Carroll spoke uh, on Colin Kaepernick saying that Colin Kaepernick asked for a tryout, but the coach isn't sure if Seattle is the right fit. Uh, Carroll actually had an interesting quote. He said, I think everybody deserves second chances. I just don't think it's with us or even in football. So it, effectively he seemed to close the door on Kaepernick. I know that there are people out there um, who would like to see him just outright signed to a deal. Right. My thing is I'd say, Hey, give him a tryout, at least let him give him a chance to see how it's going to work. 
and then he surprises you, go ahead, sign him. You know, why not? You always talk about competition. There, sign him. Um, if you don't like it, you don't have to sign him. It's that you know, give him a tryout at least. So that's how I sit on the Colin Kaepernick situation. Um, the team signed the uh, edge pass rusher Uchenna Nwosu to a two-year, $20 million deal. Nwosu is a four-year veteran with 15 career sacks, one interception, and eight pass deflections. I think this is an underrated deal. Um, he should help with the pass rush and seems like a guy who can really make an impact on the edge, especially with Seattle switching to a 3-4 defense. Um, but no, we'll get to it after we get to the rest of the free agents. So I think I think the Nuvosu uh, signing, I th- I'd give that a uh, I'd give it a B plus. Um, the team would sign center Austin Blythe to a one year four million dollar deal. Uh, Blythe spent last season with the Kansas City Chiefs, but did not play because the Chiefs drafted a Chiefs drafted a center who won the starting job. And before that, Blythe had spent time with the Rams, and I know the Rams brass was upset that he left because he had played well uh, in L.A. So that that signing, because it's not necessarily a known, I'm not getting a known commodity. No, I don't know entirely what I'm getting out of it, but I know that it's an upgrade over Ethan Postich and Kyle Fuller. I'd give it a, a, a just a baseline B. Um, and then also on that day to wrap it up, the team signed cornerback Artie Burns to a one-year, $2 million deal. Uh, the five-year veteran spent last season with Chicago after four seasons with Pittsburgh. Uh, he has four career interceptions and 33 pass deflections and is familiar with new defensive staffer, uh, Sean Desai. So I, that's, so in terms of this signing, I'm happy with it because of his familiarity with Desai. I think that Burns should be a good slot corner guy. I am hoping that Seattle is not looking at him as an outside corner guy, but we will ultimately see about that. Uh, obviously his familiarity with this eye really helps. So I'm going to give that a, uh, I'd give that a B just because of uh, depending on his, uh, his position there on the 17th of the month, the team released defensive end, Benson Mayoa. Mayoa was in his second stint with Seattle um, in the 2020 and 2021 seasons. Mayoa recorded six sacks, 28 games played and three tackles for loss. Uh, Mayoa's release was one of three defensive end releases in those two days. On the 18th, the team cut defensive ends Carlos Dunlap and Kerry Hyder Jr. Uh, Dunlap stats with Seattle uh, since he had been traded to the team midseason from Cincinnati. Uh, in 25 games, Dunlap recorded 13 and a half sacks, 18 tackles for loss, and two pass deflections. Um, that release of the three total was the one that to me sucked the most. I don't understand why you cut Carlos Dunlap. Uh, it's not like he was a bad player or he wasn't, you know, when he got time on the field, it's not like he wasn't producing. So I don't really understand that. And then Kerry Hyder Jr. Um, in 15 games with Seattle, he recovered two fumbles, uh, had one and a half sacks and three tackles for loss. The team would also sign defensive tackle Je- Quentin Jefferson uh, for his second stint with Seattle. Uh, spending his first four seasons with the Seahawks before heading over to the Raiders. Uh, so some of Jefferson's uh, career totals include 15 sacks, three fumble recoveries, seven pass deflections, three forced fumbles, and 18 tackles for loss. The Jefferson signing is good. Jefferson's familiar with the franchise already. As I mentioned, uh, really was a big fan of Clint Hurt. You know, so now that he's the defensive coordinator, it should you know play well for him. Um I would give this I would give this signing a B as well. 
I don't think Quentin Jefferson's too crazy of a signing, but I think he's a solid signing. Uh, the two-year, nine point five million dollar deal. Um, so I think that's I think that's solid. And then on the twentieth, the team re-signed running back Rashad Penny to a one-year deal for five point seven five million dollars with incentives to go to six point five million dollars. I really liked this deal. You know, I was hoping for a two-year deal at the most, um, and Seattle was ultimately able to get him to sign for a one-year deal. Uh, with incentives so it, it should just be motivation to say hey we like what you did at the end of the season keep it up and we can bring you back for more uh but obviously that hinges and depends on him and an interesting note from Rashad Penny who spoke in a press conference yesterday was that Penny said that him and Chris Carson had been talking about being the best one-two punch in the league so that obviously insinuates that Chris Carson will be back next season despite the injury that he suffered this past season and the ones in prior years as we continued over to league news, the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson. Cleveland will sign Watson to a five-year, $230 million contract. Uh, the Texans are receiving three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and a fourth-round pick from the Houston Texans. Watson still faces 22 civil suits. Uh, the Cleveland stated that they did their homework, but the lawyer that represents the 22 women that have accused Watson say that Cleveland never actually reached out. The Las Vegas Raiders traded for Devontae Adams. The Packers trade wide receiver to Vegas, where he will sign a five-year, $141 million deal. Uh, Adams said that he had always dreamt of playing for the Raiders. Uh, if you didn't know, Adams uh, played college football at Fresno State uh, and is actually his quarterback at the time was Derek Carr. Stafford, Matt Stafford receives an extension from the LA Rams. Stafford receives a four-year, $160 million deal with $135 million guaranteed. Matt Ryan was on the trade market and would get traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round pick. Yes, just a third-round pick. Atlanta uh, was taking trade offers for their franchise quarterback. Ryan would have earned a $7.5 million bonus if he was on the roster by 1 p.m. Pacific time yesterday, but he would not make it and he would get traded. Offensive tackle Dwayne Brown uh, will stay, I mean, Dwayne, Trent Brown will stay in New England after, quote unquote, a successful visit with the Seahawks over the weekend where there was, quote unquote, mutual interest on a deal. Brown instead opts to stay in New England on a two-year deal. So that really sucked. I know that Brown had been in Seattle over the past weekend. Um, and that, as I said, there was mutual interest on a deal. Uh, there was hope that he would have signed with Seattle. And it signs seem to be good. And then we get the report yesterday that, hey, he's not going to stay here. So, you know, that sucks, but nothing we can do about it. Just wonder now where Seattle switches their attention to tackle-wise because, you know, with Dwayne Brown not under contract, what the heck is going on? Uh, Dwayne Brown not under contract. Um Dwayne Brown not under contract and being currently uh, pursued by the Carolina Panthers. Uh, it certainly makes things interesting because Seattle would then not really have a starting left tackle, at least at the moment. You know, you've got guys on the roster that are younger and they certainly haven't been proven, but I guess technically you could run with them, but I really wouldn't like to if your idea is to compete this year. Um, and then you still need a right tackle because Brandon Shell is unsigned and he has been recruited by the Broncos. So you know, I don't uh, don't really know what Seattle's thinking about in that situation, but Teron Armstead's still in the market. There are some other uh, tacklers on the market that I would like Seattle to pursue, but 
I am interested to see their way that they approach that because it seems like obviously the Seahawks do not go after big name free agents and that doesn't really seem to have changed this season. So we will see how Pete Carroll and John Schneider approach that. Oops. I don't know why am I, there we go. Um, as we head over here to Mariners spring training, the Mariners over the past week played four spring training games, uh, losing three of the four. Uh, the first one being March 18th versus the San Diego Padres, losing that four to six. But the game would be center fielder and top prospect Julio Rodriguez going one for one with run, run, three RBIs and one walk. Julio hit a three run, no doubt home run uh, to really pop off that game. But Seattle would fall ultimately four to six. March 19th versus the LA Dodgers winning that game seven to six player of the game would be right fielder and Everett native Steven Souza Jr. Going one for three with one run and four RBIs on the 20th uh, versus the Anaheim Angels. Seattle would lose three to seven player of the game would be left fielder Jesse Winker recording a two RBI double on the 21st versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. Seattle would lose that game one to nine. Seattle was down six, nothing after the second inning. Uh, player of the game would be Abraham Toro, who recorded the RBI double uh, to give Seattle their only run of the day. Uh, so we're going to skip player of the week for that one just because of well the time crunch, but also how disappointing the, se- the first few games have been, but it's all right. As we get over to more disappointing news with injury news, uh, right relief pitcher Casey Sadler was set for season-ending surgery. Sadler will have surgery on his right shoulder. Uh, last season, uh, Sadler, through 42 games, had a .67 ERA and finished the season with on a 29 uh, consecutive scoreless innings appearance. Um, Seattle bullpen still has Drew Steckenrider, Paul Seawall, Diego Castillo, and Ken Giles in it. Uh, but still, you know, anytime you lose depth or especially arms in the bullpen, um, it's still going to suck. Excuse me. Um, as we head over to team. Oh, 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 goodness, my throat's being weird. As we head over to team news on the 15th, the team signed first baseman Mike Ford to a minor league deal. Ford was previously actually a rule five pick for the Mariners back in the day. On the 16th, the team signed uh, former top prospect catcher Chance Cisco to a minor league deal with an invite to MLB camp. On the 20th, the team signed pitcher Ryan Buckter to a minor league deal with an invite to the camp. And then on the 21st, the team signed a pair of players. Uh, one of them I'm more excited about than the other. The team signed outfielder Billy Hamilton and pitcher Andrew Albers to a minor league deal, uh, both with invites to MLB camp. Hamilton uh, spent a good amount of last season with the White Sox uh, as a fast outfielder on the base, really good base stealer, good, really good base runner. Um, could be a guy that's it's good as a defensive substitute and a base runner. So I'm, I'm intrigued with that move, and I think that's really cool to have him signed. Um, and to have him be a guy that's available, whether it's as a bench, a bench guy or someone available down in AAA that if you need to, you can call him up um, when inevitably somebody goes down. In league related notes on the 16th, Chris Bryant signed with the Colorado Rockies, the infielder slash outfielder signed a seven year, $182 million deal. And I'll say this now by by now. You probably know that Trevor Story signed with the Boston Red Sox as well. Um, 
with the deals that they signed, you know, with Bryant signing a seven year and with story signing as a deal with several opt-outs, I'm okay. Not paying what they signed for. Um, but ultimately I think that the Mariners off season is still unfinished and that they need to make some more moves. One of them being another rotation arm, uh, unless they plan on having one of the younger, younger, uh, pitchers in the in the system uh be that fifth starter which i don't think they do so uh success bryant signed with the rockies and i think signing with the rockies in general is a bad idea let alone on a seven-year deal but uh hey you know the best of luck to you in colorado chris on the 17th the mlb draft date was set the mlb draft will be featured during all-star week in los angeles from july 17th through 19th on March 18th, Carlos Correa signed with the Minnesota Twins. The All-Star shortstop signed a three-year, $105.3 million deal. Now, this contract includes an opt-out after the first year and after the second year. So ultimately, if Correa wants out, he can get out after that first year. And then, you know, his deal would kind of set the market for Trevor Story. Trevor Story on the 20th would sign with the Boston Red Sox with a deal that does include several opt-outs as well. So. We head over here to our C, our record. The Mariners sit at a one and three record currently. Their next, their upcoming schedule is oh, it's a doozy. There's a lot of games going on on the 22nd, which is today. The team will play the Chicago Cubs at 1:10 p.m. That game is supposed to be on Route Sports. Uh, Robbie Ray will be on the mound uh, on the 24th. The team plays the Cleveland Guardians at 1:05. On the 25th, the team plays the Chicago White Sox at 6:40. On the 26th, the team plays the Milwaukee Brewers at 110. On the 27th, the team plays the Oakland Athletics at 105. On March 28th, versus the Texas Rangers at 110. This is your time to check out Homs Seattle. Homs has your back in the loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. So if you don't know it, the Homs Spring 22 collection has dropped already by the time you're seeing this. I know that a solid amount of the items already have sold out in certain sizes. So if you're going to take the time, uh, if you're interested, I would first go check that out. That is Homs Seattle, H-O-M-S-S-E-A-T-T-L-E.com, Homs Seattle. Uh, make sure you go check them out for the first part, but also I would do that ASAP because item, as I said, several items had already sold out in si- certain sizes. Um, and with the way that things go with Homs, they will more than likely continue to sell out. So hurry up, get yourself over there, Homs Seattle, H-O-M-S-S-E-A-T-T-L-E.com and go and check out that spring 22 collection uh, before it is gone. Oopsie. Sorry, I'm trying to get that ready for next week, but we'll ignore that for the time being because we are on a time crunch. Heading over to our Seattle Sounders here over the past week, recorded two draws, but ultimately won a one game. On the 17th at Club Lyon in the second leg of the CCL quarterfinals, uh, Seattle would draw that game one-to-one, but win four-to-one on aggregate. So Seattle advances to the CCL semifinals to take on New York City FC, with those two being in the semifinals and guarantees that an MLS team will be in the CONCACAF Champions League final. Uh, player of the game for that game would be Freddie Montero, scoring one goal uh, with a 7.6 rating on one shot with a 71% pass percentage. On the 20th, the team would travel down to Austin to play Austin FC. Uh, 
drawing in that game one to one. Player of the game would be for Will Bruin with one goal right before halftime in the 43rd minute with a 7.5 rating on three shots with a 92% pass percentage. So Seattle goes down to Austin, uh, scores the first goal right before halftime. Uh, Austin comes out of the second half firing, only gets the one goal and really could have scored more, uh, but Seattle is able to hold on, uh, especially with the injuries that they had. As we move over to injury news, on the 19th, it was announced that several Sounders were going to be held out of the game versus Austin. Forward Raul Ruiz Diaz, goalkeeper Stefan Fry, midfielders Jimmy Madranda and Nico Ladero, and defender Yamar. So you're losing several you know, starters there. You're already out Raul Ruiz Diaz. Um, and then you go down your goalkeeper and your number one defender. And it, it looks like uh, looks a little concerning. Um, so that was not good. Um, but all of those players that I just mentioned are supposed to be back um, for the game against Minnesota following the international break. So we don't have any Sounders games for you actually upcoming in the next week itself. But the week after that, we will get back underway with Sounders games as uh, we will head over to the upcoming schedule portion of our Sounders segment. Um, Well, actually, no, I'm jumping the gun. We'll head to team notes first. Midfielder Christian Rodon was named to the MLS team of the week uh, with a 7.9 rating, a with one assist, 67% pass percentage, three key passes and one clearance in that match against Austin. So the Sounders record sits at one win, one draw, and two losses. They currently sit at 10th in the Western Conference. Um, so conference. Looking ahead, uh, so this is the week after next. Uh, the next schedule is April 2nd at Minnesota United at 5 o'clock, and then April 6th versus New York City FC at 7 o'clock, that second game against New York. Uh, that is at home. That's at Lumen Field and is leg one of the CONCACAF Champions League semifinal. We head over to our Seattle Storm here, uh, who we've got one piece of Storm news and one piece of league news. So the first piece of Storm news is that the Storm signed uh, John Tell Lavender to a deal. Lavender is a veteran in the WNBA. Um, she's a 33-year-old uh There we go. 33-year-old power forward, six foot four. Uh, she was drafted with the fifth overall pick back in 2011 by the Los Angeles Sparks, uh, winning a title with the Sparks and winning sixth woman of the year the same year in 2016, where she was a WNBA All-Star in 2015 uh, and is well accomplished overseas, uh, winning a Polish Cup uh, League MVP, a Polish Cup MVP, Olympian Polish Cup National League MVP. I see. Italian National League champion, Turkish National League champion. Uh, so she's really well accomplished overseas. Uh, spent 2019, 2020 with the Chicago Sky. Spent 2021 uh, with the Indiana Fever. Now ends up with Seattle. Um, I think this is a solid deal. I can't complain entirely. Um, this is a veteran uh, power forward that should be able to help out uh, Mercedes Russell and uh, Izzy Magbagor in terms of her veteran ability. So um, I think it's a solid signing. I'm just intrigued to know if it's a training camp deal or just you're already going to be on the roster. Um, so 
not sure on that because the WNBA website said, yeah, we're not going to disclose the deal. So that's, that's interesting. But so John Tell Lavender joins the team. Uh, I'm okay with that. I think that's good. I know you needed to add a big, I would have liked to add Tina Charles, but that seemingly wasn't going to happen. So ultimately that's okay. Um, but uh, ultimately um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with the signing. I, I, I'm, it's good to me. Um, so there's that, but also we do have more news on Brittany Griner. Griner, uh, her detention was extended. Uh, she will be detained in Russia until at least May 19th. So that's not good. Um, as Bell Garcia mentioned on the CSS on Converge episode, uh, Griner is in good spirit. She's in a cell with two other women that speak English. Um, but I know that the uh, the primary the primary matter is right now is getting her home uh, and making sure that she is going to be all right. So still working on that, but it's, it's, it's a tough situation, but good to know that she's able to be in good spirits and that she's in a cell with people that she can talk to. Um, so just hoping that she can get back to the U S sooner, much rather than later. Okay. As we head over to Maestro Athletics, Maestro Athletics, that is M-A-E-S-T-R-O-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-S, Maestro Athletics. Um, we head over to our Seattle Kraken here, uh, who played two games over the past week, March 16th versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, losing that game one to four after getting the first goal of the game. Uh, Yanni Gord would be the player of the game who got the first goal of the game, uh, recording one goal, one point. Four shots on goal, one block, and one takeaway. So Yanni Gord came in big that game, but uh, ultimately the Seattle was not able to fully compete with Tampa Bay, which makes sense. Tampa Bay, the back-to-back two-time champions, the reigning champions, um, and who are title contenders this year. So ultimately it, it makes sense, uh, and I'm not complaining. Um, hmm. um so, yes, ultimately cannot complain about that. Uh, March 19th versus the Detroit Red Rings uh, was a really cool game. Uh, Seattle would win that game 4-2. to two. Player of the game would again be Yanni Gord. But I want to talk to you uh, about how that game happened. So, this game took place. Um, Seattle came out in the first period, and they were gunning. They were gunning shots on, on net. They Detroit was making a lot of really impressive defensive saves and really somehow able to keep Seattle out, um, keep Seattle out of the net. Anyway, yes, Seattle was going shots. Um, it was just like, hey, how is Detroit hanging on? You know, if you continue this, ultimately you'll be able to push through. Um, Seattle was able to push through uh, eventually, but it wouldn't come to the third period. Now, second period, Detroit uh, is able to get two goals uh, in a matter of a few minutes. And you wonder, hey, what the hell just happened? Um, This is the most Seattle game that we've had. Yeah, we'll sell a period. Um, Third period comes around. Philip Grubauer in the 12th minute. uh, Well, with 12 minutes to go in the period makes a big, big stop. I mean, you know, my buddy RJ next to me says, uh, on he he put it up there. He said, "Hey, you're gonna want to remember that save later." 
um, you know, down the road, Seattle scores four unanswered um, with, you know, Yanni Gord got hit in the face a little earlier in the game uh, with the puck and we had to go out to get stitches on it and would come back in the game, would score the, uh, the go ahead goal and then the uh, empty netter to seal it. And it was like, what the hell has just happened? It was a really good atmosphere. The crowd was great for both of these games, uh, but it was a lot of fun. So, Play of the game, well, the Detroit game was a lot of fun. Uh, play of the game would be for Yanni Gord scoring two goals, uh, scoring two points with a one plus minus and two shots on goal. Um, on the injury news side of things, before we get into the big, big amount of things that we have for the team, um, on the 21st, the team activated for Jonas, forward Jonas Donskoy, excuse me, off of IR, because Seattle's going to need him. <laughs> Um, we head over to team news here on the 16th. The team would trade forward Cali Yarncroak to the Calgary Flames, opening the trade floodgates. Um, the Flames would receive forward Cali Yarncroak. The Kraken received a 2022 second round pick, a 2023 third round pick, and a 2024 seventh round pick. So Yarncroak, through tw- uh, through his time with this uh, Kraken this year, he had 12 goals. 15 assists and 27 points. A quick um, detour here before we get to the rest of the news. We have a prospect check and we have two of them actually. Uh, Riker Evans recorded his 100th career assist on the 16th uh, in the WHL. So Evans this season has 56 games played, 13 goals, 41 assists, 54 points, and two game winning goals for the Regina Pats. He is one of your higher draft picks. Um, Matty Beneers your high draft pick, the number two overall pick for Seattle this past season, earned all Big Ten tournament honors as Michigan uh, won the Big Ten tournament. Uh, Beneers had four points in the tournament, two goals and two assists. And in the season this year, through 33 games, uh, Beneers had 19 goals, 21 assists, 40 points, and four game-winning goals. So Michigan, last I saw, um, let me see, NCAA hockey men's bracket michigan had one of the four uh, number one overall seeds in the bracket let's check out i don't think any of the games have taken place yet yes so michigan will take on america international on march 25th at 12 o'clock in the frozen four bracket um if they were to win they would advance to play on the 27th of the month against quinnipiac quinnipiac or st cloud saint huh Hockey teams are concerning. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so yes, best of luck to Beniers in the tournament. Uh, on the 20th, the team traded defenseman Mark Giordano and forward Colin Blackwell to the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs receive Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell. Before we get to what the Kraken receive, uh, Giordano will play for his hometown team with a chance to chase the Tan- Stanley Cup. Um, his stats this season in 55 games played, Giordano had six goals. 17 assists and 23 points as well as being the team captain blackwell this season in 39 games played had eight goals nine assists 17 points and one game winning goal the kraken will receive a 2022 second round pick a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 third round pick seattle loses their captain and an energetic forward but now uh we can't get to the pick numbers because there were many more picks made after that that kind of surprised me uh, because I wasn't anticipating having to 
continue to add to that. I didn't think necessarily that Seattle would continue to make a bunch of trades. Those first two trades are kind of where I was thinking, hey, maybe Seattle's done here. That would definitely not be the case. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll get to that. Also on the 20th, the team traded defenseman Jeremy Lausanne to the National Predators. The Predators received Lausanne, and the Kraken received a 2023 second-round pick, so not exactly expecting to get a second-rounder for Lausanne at all. Uh, also that day on the 20th, the team traded Ford Mason Appleton to the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets received Ford Mason Appleton, and the Kraken received a 2023 fourth-round pick, so Appleton returns back to the Winnipeg Jets, the team that he was uh, drafted by drafted from in the expansion draft on the 21st, the team traded forward Marcus Johansson to the Washington Capitals back to the Washington Capitals, the team that Johansson has played his best hockey with uh, the crack of Goodness gracious. The Capitals received forward Marcus Johansson. The Kraken actually received a player in this trade forward. Daniel Sprong spring has sprung uh, a 2022 fourth round pick and a 2023 sixth round pick. Uh, so, um, Sprong is the first player that Seattle has acquired in a trade for the, uh, is the first player in franchise history that the team has acquired for in a trade. Um, also in the 21st, the team recalled forward Cole Lind from the Charlotte checkers and the team traded for, uh, forward Victor Rask from the Minnesota wild. So the second player that the team has traded for in franchise history. Uh, from the Minnesota Wild for future considerations, and the Wild will retain half of his contract. So uh, that is certainly interesting. Um, Rask is a guy who's actually an upcoming free agent. Um, And let me see. Let me see. We'll look into Victor Rask. But also on the 21st, there was a bunch of stuff going on on the 21st. I was trying to keep up with everything. Uh, the Kraken acquired uh, defenseman Derek Pouliot off of waivers from Vegas. Pouliot uh, is a 28-year-old defenseman um, on his fifth team now who has only played in four NHL games uh, since 2019. Um, let's see. So Rask uh, is a 29-year-old uh, play center, uh, 6'2", through 29 games this season, has scored five goals, has eight assists, uh, 13 points with a seven plus minus. So that's not bad. Uh, has played in 488 career games, recording 85 goals, 130 assists and 215 points. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he can do for the team um, over these last 19 or so games. Uh, spent one, two, three, four, five. His first five seasons with Carolina and has spent the last four with Minnesota. Interesting. All righty. So that's Victor Rask for you. Uh, so Pouliot, uh, Sprong, and Rask are all new Kraken players. The Kraken sit at a 19 win, 38 loss, and six overtime loss record, uh, resulting in 44 points. Seattle uh, still at eighth in the Pacific Division and damn near at the bottom of the total NHL standings. NHL standings. Um, in the middle of that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think they're at the bottom. Uh, oh, wait, I have to check Montreal. Ah, no. Mm, I don't know. Okay, well, Seattle has the most losses in the league. I know that. 
Damn, I didn't know the Devils had lost 20, 35 games. Oh, no, we're tied for the most losses with the Coyotes. All right, but the Coyotes have one more win. Um, looking ahead, Seattle plays March 22nd at the Coyotes. I was just talking about the Coyotes there with a 7 o'clock start that will be on route sports. Luckily, because I know that a lot of people have had issues with certain games not being on route sports. Um, and then the team will play two games against the LA Kings, both at 730 uh, the first game being um, March 26th and the second game being March 28th. So both of those at 7.30 and both of those against the LA Kings, just uh, a day apart, one being on the 26th and one being on the 28th. Heading over to our OL Reign here, who played their Lumen Field home opener in the first game of the 2022 Challenge Cup. March 18th versus the Portland Thorns, drawing that game one to one. Later, the game would be outside back Sofia Huerta scoring one goal on three shots, two shots on goal, and seven corner kicks. This was a good game to see just to be at. You know, it's good to get back to rain soccer. Um, it was the fourth highest recorded attendance for a home match for the rain uh, with 7,343 people to attend that game. Um, it was a good experience. It was a good experience. The crowd was loud. Uh, Seattle still has some Seattle. <laughs> excuse me, the rain still have some adjustments to make overall. Um, but I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I mean, it's the first game of challenge cup. You played a few preseason games where you're really playing a lot of your roster to just see how it looked. Um, and again, it's the first game of challenge cup. I'm not overly concerned, um, but I, I would like to see the left side, uh, left side of the offensive, the attacking uh, roster figured out because that was an area where Seattle really did not seem to know what they were um, what they were working with uh, and it didn't look really efficient so left wing is kind of what I would like to see figured out um, especially if you're going to have Bethany Balser up top so we head over to injury news on the 17th two players were held out of that match against Portland forward Megan Rapino um, and defender Alyssa Melanson uh, I didn't really expect for Rapino to play much of Challenge Cup anyway. Um, and I'm assuming that hopefully this is a uh, more of a precautionary thing uh, than anything else. So we continue on. Oh, what the heck? That's kind of lame. Okay. Um, do, 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 clear these out of here. We head over to team-related news. On the 15th, the team unveiled their Challenge Cup roster. Not many changes you're going to see on this roster. Uh, the goalkeepers were Claudia Dickey, Laurel Ivory, and Fallon Tillis-Joyce. The defenders would be Lou Barnes, Ryan Brown, Alana Cook, Sam Hyatt, Sofia Huerta, Alyssa Melanson, Jimena Lopez, Phoebe McLaren, and Sinclair Maramontes. The midfielders would be Angelina, Olivia Athens, Marley Canales, Jess Fishlock, Rose Lavelle, Quinn, Nikki Stanton and Olivia Vanderyat. Uh, forwards would be Bethany Balser, Zanette Kajan, Ziara King, Veronica Latsko, Megan Rapino, and Ali Watt. On the 18th, the day of the game, the team would sign midfielder uh, Olivia Vanderyat to a one year deal. So the draft pick, the 30 year old third overall pick in this year's draft, and UW uh, alum Kent Native 
would get signed to a one-year deal and officially get signed. So good to see that. And I'm obviously biased because one, she's a Husky, but two, we interviewed her here on the show. Uh, please feel free to go and check out that interview um, on the Circling Seattle Sports uh, on the Circling Seattle Sports YouTube channel. So for the Challenge Cup, the Iran record sits at zero wins, one draw, and zero losses. Um, looking ahead, they will play their first match ever against Angel City FC. It is Angel City's second match overall in their inception, uh, March 26th at Angel City at Titan Stadium uh, with a one o'clock start. Heading over to our Seattle Seawolves here. Uh, they continue their regular season looking for a win, looking to stop the bleeding after three consecutive losses. They would do so on March 19th at the Dallas Jackals with a 34-12 to 12 win. Player of the game would be fly half Kieran Joyce, who got his first start in the fly half role for the Seawolves, uh, going three for three on conversions. With the win, Seattle moved to two points behind West, the Western Conference leading Austin Gilgronis, moving back into second in the Western Conference. So that was a big move there. Uh, I had talked about it last week, uh, both in the CSS on Converge segment of the Seawolves and the podcast, obviously. You know, you're playing a game against Dallas. Dallas is playing in their inaugural season, and they're 0-6 heading into this game. Um, you've lost three straight, you know, given that, Two of those games were two tough teams, right? The first loss you've recorded this season being against Austin, who, you know, Austin, the league leaders um, in the... Huh, the league leaders uh, in the Western Conference, um, you know, you say, hey, uh, do we have something to be worried about? You know, I had figured, you know, this team just needed to uh, fix a little bit of what they were doing, uh, take care of business, make some adjustments. And they were ultimately able to do so. They were able to take care of a team that they needed to take care of. Um, in the, in the, in Dallas, you know, so Seattle moves to four and three second in the Western conference with 21 points. Uh, they have another tough test though. It doesn't, you know, the sailing doesn't get easier here. Um, as Seattle will take on, uh, the reigning champ, L.A. Giltinis, uh, March 26th uh, at 3 o'clock. This is a home game, though, so no stress about that. This is at Starfire Sports uh, Complex, so be sure if you've got time to head out to that. Uh, L.A. is the reigning champ, and they're currently third in the Western Conference with a 3-3 three and three record. So I spoke to Cole Zarconi uh, before the season started, and I asked him and Daryl Williams, I said, um, is there a game that you guys are looking to in particular that you want to circle on the calendar necessarily? I know you can't necessarily do that as a player. Um, and they said, well, you know, you always kind of want to look at the defending champs. And so LA fits that bill. So that is where this is, this is an important game. So I would look, uh, I'm interested to see um, what kind of fight both teams put up, you know, LA, obviously, you know, with, sitting at three and three, a place where Seattle has been uh, just last game. Um, and I'm interested to see how that takes place. So we will ultimately see how that plays out. No Sonics news necessarily, but as we're on the topic of men's basketball, um, Jamal Crawford, a Seattle legend retired uh, from the game of basketball. Um, so I want to give Jamal Crawford his flowers and pay tribute to him. I wish that he would have been able to play in a Sonics uniform at some point in time, uh, but that sadly would not be the case. So, 
Uh, best of luck to Jamal Crawford and whatever it is that he continue that he decides to pursue, you know, after basketball. Uh, no Dragons news. Uh, no Utah football news, actually. Uh, oh, boy. We are in a time crunch, so I can't do it. We'll do basketball season recaps next week. Uh, baseball. Baseball. Uh, oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, here. I apologize, folks. Again, time crunch. Had some things happen, so we'll get our Husky baseball here and our Husky softball because that's all that's going on right now. Bear with me, bear with me. Oh, yes, it was a good week. Okay, so the Huskies now sit at a 12-8 and record. Um, their last games were March 18th through March 20th uh, versus Washington State. They're supposed to do – oh, they're supposed to play yesterday against Sacramento State, but that game was canceled because of rain. Uh, so Washington State, March 18th, uh, UW would win that game 3-2. to two. We'll get two players of the game here as my laptop is struggling to handle it. Uh, ooh, yes. Catcher Johnny Tincher would go four for four with an RBI and he will be our player of the game. Yes. Four for four. Damn. Nice job, Johnny. Uh, in the second game of the series on March 19th versus Washington state, the Huskies would win that game in convincing fashion, eight to two. As we head over here again to stats, shortstop Cam Clayton would go three for five with two runs and two RBIs. He would get our player of the game honors there. March 20th to close out the series and get the sweep of the Cougars in the Boeing Apple Cup series in baseball. Uh, the Huskies would win that game 14 to three. So we head over here, pitcher. Uh, where'd he go? Oh. Hmm. Never mind. Didn't play in that game. Um, He's going to shout out one of the pitchers. Uh, right fielder Kobe Morales would go two for four with three RBIs and a walk, and he will get our player of the game there. So the Huskies get a sweep of the Cougars in baseball, and their other game against Sacramento State got rained out. So I guess that one just will not happen. Their upcoming schedule is uh, March 25th through 27th against Arizona State. That is only a three-game series. So March 25th versus Arizona State at, on the road at 6 o'clock. March 26th at Arizona State with a 2 o'clock start, and March 27th at Arizona State with a noon start. We head over to Softball here, who started conference play. They now sit at a 20-7 and record, so we're not, not too happy about that. Played a three-game series against Cal down in Berkeley. Um, winning the first game on March 18th, 4-2. We'll head over there to stats on that. Uh, pitch hitter and center fielder Jalen Alchon would go one for two with a run and two RBIs. She would be our player of the game there. The second game, March 19th at Cal, losing that game three to four. You say, oh, it's a close game. That's fine. Uh, Bailey Klingler would go one for two with an RB with a run and three RBIs with two walks. So Bailey Klingler, our clear player of the game there, counting for all the UW runs. And so Seattle, Seattle, the Huskies would lose the series to Cal five to six in that last game of the series getting two losses in conference play is not good. Um, 
Kinsey Fiedler, Fiedler would go two for four with two runs and four RBIs. She would be our clear player of the game there in center field and as a designated player. Uh, disappointing. Those two games were disappointing to see. Uh, I was following those along. And those games will not only hurt you in seeding, but also in conference play because you you two, lose two games to an unranked Cal team. Uh, and you're sitting you're supposed to be seventh. You know, you're supposed to be seventh. Um in the nation, let alone in your conference. Um, let me see. And then if we NCAA softball, this next team you're going to play here, UCLA, I'm pretty sure they're pretty highly ranked. So, you know, things aren't exactly going to get easier here. Um, Yeah, UCLA is ranked five. UW, oh boy, UW tumbled down to 16. Oh my God. Not good. Not good. Uh, so, oh boy, I was supposed to have the upcoming games for you here. So, yes, March 25th through 27th against UCLA. That is also a three game series. March 25th at five o'clock versus UCLA. Uh, this is these are home games though. March twenty sixth uh, versus UCLA at three o'clock, and then March twenty seventh versus UCLA at four o'clock. That last game being on ESPNU. So, uh, a big contest for UW playing against uh, number five ranked UCLA, hoping that they're able to figure that out. That is your week in Seattle sports. Um, we are on a time crunch here, and I apologize for going quick. Uh, I am Charles Hammaker, your host as always. Uh, we have another interview this week, so be excited for that. And until we see you again, uh, take care of yourself, be well, and do your best to make today a great day. Baba Bowie.